Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're connecting with Lisa Potter. Lisa is a graduate of North Point Bible College and an ordained minister of the Assemblies of God. She is currently the executive director of Women Who Lead, and she has a passion for equipping women to lead and pouring into them in a variety of ways. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing the topic of men and women in leadership, as well as her new book, The Collective Journey, an invitation to flourish in life and leadership. So lean in and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. We are here once again on the Avail podcast where we talk the art of leadership. I love every time we get together because we talk leadership with amazing leaders. And today is not going to disappoint because we are with none other than Lisa Potter. Lisa, how does it feel to be on the Avail podcast? Wow. Thank you so much, Virgil. It's just uh Great. It's an honor to be here and talk leadership. It's my passion. I love it. And I love to get with people who love to talk about it. Yes. Thanks for having me. We have that in common. I love to talk about leadership. I love to connect with other leaders. I think everybody's going to be challenged, encouraged, and blessed by this conversation. So Lisa, thank you for being with us. I I think the best place to start for those who are maybe getting to know you here on this Avail podcast is to tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, who you are, where you come from, and what you're doing. Yeah, well, I'm an East Coast girl, uh, born and raised in Maryland, and my home is Virginia. So I call Virginia the home of my heart. And so I'm, I'm what they consider a Northern Virginian, though, which is right outside D.C. It's a great place to live. It really is with the nation's capital here. But, yeah, my husband and I pastored for 28 years all together. And now we serve in a um, leadership capacity um, in our network, overseeing like 380 churches in Maryland, Virginia, D.C., and it's just a wonderful opportunity for us. I'm the executive director of Women Who Lead, um, and that is uh, one of my passions that I've created. We do a big ROAR conference every year where we kind of simplify the idea of leadership for women and um, knock it down to levels of using words and language of influence and we were made for this. And what if God called us to do these things? And the women leave with just, um, yeah, new dreams, new vision of what God is calling them to do. So that's one of the passions of my heart. I'm an author of a new book, The Collective Journey. And we'll talk about that in a little bit and speaking and all this good stuff. But, you know, my my really thing, the thing that I'm proud of most are my two children hmm. who are grown adults. Like, when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you feel like that or how old your kids are, but mine are 34 and 31. And I'm like, what in the world? Uh, but they are really the best representation of my husband and I. We say that Every day we're like, you know, they got the best of both of us. And so that's really what I'm most proud of that I've done in my life for my kids. I yeah. love that. I think I think that um, we should never forget that our greatest legacy is yeah. not 
what we leave, but who we leave. And uh, yeah. that's a great point, Lisa. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I think that you, uh, you bring some great perspective into this conversation of leadership. And maybe, maybe we can start off in, in specifically touching on the topic of men and women and leadership. Yeah. And we know how different men and women are. Uh, and then we know also just the concept of leadership. Can you talk to me a little bit about just what's been on your heart, what you've learned throughout your journey about men and women and leadership? Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I several years ago when we transitioned into this role, I found myself in a um, a place like where I was like, what am I going to do with, you know, this next phase of my life? So I went back to school and I went back to school to get my um, master's degree in leadership. When in that master's degree, I was in at first a women's leadership cohort. And then at some point we broke up and we had classes with men and women. And it was interesting because we got into a lot of conversation about differences in in us, in our gender and, and leadership, but the sameness that is there. And I love the idea of differences and sameness because the differences like you're a man, I'm a woman. That's different. That's huge. But we always hear like women think differently than men. And why do we want women at the table? Why do we need mm. women and men serving together at the table? And I love to talk about this because on a national level, one of our leaders when was asked this question when we were seeing more women coming around tables of national places, you know, like board rooms and other things. And so she was asked the question, this woman that I really admire, and she was asked the question, how has the boardroom changed now that there are many women on the board? And her answer was this, you know, um, women on the board didn't change things, diversity changed things. And that's I good. think that's a key point. Um, because it was um, Patrick Lencioni who actually said that he's like, I've studied it. I wish there was some differences between men and women leaders because it would make a great book and I would make a ton of money was what Patrick Lencioni said. But he said, I've looked and I can't find it. You know, and so when we think about the sameness in leadership, like as men and women, we come to the table with sameness. If you're a leader, you're a great leader, regardless of your gender. It doesn't matter. Right. What we find with the differences with men and women is that I'm made in this feminine side of God. You're made in a masculine, mm. masculine side of God. And so mm -hmm. if you have just one ethnicity around the table, if you have one age group around the table, if you have one mm. gender around the table... And we're discussing things and we're trying to create policies and dream big for a next generation that's coming behind us. It's not going to work as well if we have all the voices around the table, because mm -hmm. I am going to see it differently than you see it. But it's not just going to be because of my gender. It's going to be because of where I was raised. How did my family, my church, think about women in leadership and men in leadership and men mm -hmm. and women working together. And there's all of these things that come into factor with the sameness and the difference. So yeah, it's a good subject. 
Yeah, I, I, honestly, I like this subject a lot because I think I think it would help us to to be better at it and to know it more. Can I yeah. just ask you your thoughts on why why do you think throughout history it, there has been a segmentation or, or you know why do you think it's taken so long maybe for there to be more uh, uh, female presence at the tables right at the board tables? Yeah. What what are your thoughts from your findings you know that, from your experience? Well, one of the things is how we're raised. And so uh, it's interesting because I was leaving through a magazine one day and I saw this ad for um, a nationally known children's church ministry. And they had the boys side of it and the girls side of it. And I actually went through the girls side of it. You know, I'm a church girl through and through. And so this has been something like they've revamped it. And I was leaving through and it said, you know, it was like calling churches to kind of sign up for these kids programs on Wednesday nights. And it said in blah, 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 the boys program, it was like boys learn number one leadership. Hmm. And then it went on to say boys will learn leadership and they'll learn this and they'll learn this. Number one for girls was Bible memorization. And badges for cooking and different things. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. So I <laughs> called up the national office and I was like, do girls learn leadership? And they said, yes, they do. And I was like, then put it in the advertisement. Why do we shy away? Why is it okay for boys to learn leadership? Right. But not to use that same language for girls. So when it comes to men and women leading, women are behind the curve because we're not given the opportunities. The language isn't used for us. We're often separated. You know, girls, when, like, I exuded leadership qualities when I was younger, like served in high school in areas of leadership and on student councils. But it was often said of me that I was bossy. Yeah. But when the men around me or the boys around me were exuding the same things, they were great leaders. Mm. And so we have to change, I think, the, the, the conversation. Yeah. We've got to get better at pulling it out. Oftentimes we'll see even at our youth camps and kids camps, you know, girls and boys will feel this call of God on their lives there. Like, what is God calling me to do? And boys right away will say, I think God's calling me to be a youth pastor because they see it visualized on the stage and they see it in front of them. Girls can't give language to it because they don't see themselves on platforms. Yeah. And it's a really interesting point that, and that's one of the things I'm trying to do is bring awareness to that and just have what I call crucial conversations, you know, that'll bring about the change that we need. Yeah, that's great. I, I agree with you. I think I think part of the challenge throughout history, as we look back, is just the narrative, the narrative that's been yeah. told and that's been spoken. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting as I love I love studying the Bible, just the, the whole concept of spiritual gifts and and mm-hmm. uh, and and those 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 divine abilities that God gives us, you know, and, and he doesn't give everyone the same ones or the same amounts, but, you know, we see that through the parable of the talents, he gives everybody differently, but, but there's specifically never any indication of, well, these gifts are, 
are only for women or men, and these are yeah. only for women. And you know, I, I don't, I don't want to get into uh, <laughs> like a side conversation here, yeah. but I know, you know, in some friends that I have, in some churches, in some denominations, um, they really do. Um, shy away from women having certain leadership positions, roles, even if they have giftings in them. And I, I, I have this sense that, that there may be so many women, even in the, within the church, capital C church that might feel limited, frustrated, or just never even given the opportunity to lead. Yeah. And I agree with that. And so we, we see it across the board, you know, we see it um, not just in churches, but we do see it in corporations, COOs, CEOs. Uh, and, but one thing we know in the sameness of it is that leadership is leadership regardless of the gender. And I think mm-hmm. that's the point we need to like buckle down on, you know, circle down on whatever the term is we're going to use because both men and women succeed and and fail in leadership, right? Like we can agree on that. Both men and women can possess emotional intelligence, relational intelligence, all of these things that we need for leadership. Both can build teams. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we know that. I've been set to lead teams of men and women, not just women leading women, but both Mm -hmm. of us, both genders can lead teams. Both of us can have big picture visionary. Like just because of my gender doesn't mean I don't dream dreams and have vision and I can't execute that. Um, And and it goes back to that Joel passage, you know, where he's going to pour out his spirit on his sons and his daughters. And if that wasn't important, um, why would the Bible talk about that? Uh, And so both, I think, moving forward with the conversation is crucial and not debating because I've often found myself in conversations with men and women who don't believe in women in leadership. Mm -hmm. And I've, I don't take it as a debate to win or a conversation to change their minds because there's more to it than that. And it has a lot to do with cultural norms and the church we grew up in and, and even our experiences with men and women leaders as to what our preference is. And if you've had a bad experience, then yeah, I can understand that, you you know, and oftentimes we write that off. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it. And I often go into it thinking, we're just going to have a conversation And it's going to be one of those things I'm going to ask questions like, well, what type of home did you grow up in? And um, what part did your mom play? What part did your dad play? And it often gives me insight into who I'm talking to and why they believe the way they do. And it's not up to me to change their mind. It's up to me to show them what a great female leader looks like. And, you know, I'm responsible for that as I step out and I'm responsible for training up other women um, who have a leadership call on their life to do it well. And uh, so that we can represent well. That's great. I want to talk about, about your new book, the collective journey, an invitation to flourish in life and leadership. Let's, let's dive into this. Cause I think, I mean, tell us the heart and the why behind this book. Oh, wow. Well, it is a work of heart for me. And uh, the book is, um, it came out of like personal experience for me, but actually got written because I was in school in my master's degree and decided to make it a a directed research, basically. 
So the book is founded on academic research and, uh, you know, what, what the end result of that was and me testing it out. So that's the academic side of it. But the personal side of it was at 28 years old, uh, my husband and I were pastoring a church. I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I was very wounded, I think, in ministry and just, um, you know, I, it was back in the day when they were like, you can't have any friends in the church, um, you know, because <laughs> all of these things were unpopular to do. And so I found myself young, 28 years old, a ton of fun to be around, and I had no friends. And to be honest with you, I ended up in a counselor's office in Richmond, Virginia. And he, the first question he asked me was, who are your friends? And I remember thinking I couldn't answer, you know, one, one name for that. And so my homework wow. assignment that week was to go back and have coffee with someone. And I was like, no, ask me anything else, you know, because when you're in that state, and you're in that position, <laughs> you think nobody even wants to have coffee with me. And I prayed all the way home from the, the office that day and the next morning, uh, dropping the kids off from to school and preschool. I remember these two women just as I came out, you know, I'd seen them every day and said, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to go for coffee? And from that moment on, it was a God thing for me that God really began to build community around me. And I was able, these these two women are 30 plus years later, are still my best friends, my best buds. And wow. from that story, I began to say, look, if I'm going to be healthy in leadership and doing this ministry that God has called us to do, I've got to learn what that looks like. And so uh, there's four foundations in the collective journey, and it kind of came out of my personal walk and my personal story and a ton of research when I started to do my academic studies. So that's kind of the heart. I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to, you shared with me a little bit when we were, when we were talking and preparing for this podcast and it really, it really um, connected with me. And I think it'd be great if you could maybe just, maybe just highlight or touch on those four foundations. I know you mentioned this was kind of inspired from the Bible, from your experiences. Yeah. Uh, talk to us a little bit about those four foundations that you talk about in the collective journey. Yeah. Um, so there's four foundations that they go through. It's a mentoring, it's a book, like, so you can buy the book and do it on your own. But I came up with these four foundations for um, next gen female leaders, basically. Like if, if we can prep you in your twenties, thirties, forties to be a healthier version of yourself, mm -hmm. these are the four things you should practices to put into place. And I did get it from the Paul and Timothy model in mm. second Timothy one, one through 18. And he talks about like, we see these four things, core self communion, calling and community. And we know that Paul, when he writes second Timothy, is really, it's like a last will and testament. He's basically saying to Timothy, you know, I think I'm in prison for the last time. And if I don't get out of here and I'm an old man, and if this doesn't happen, these are the things I want to leave with you. And we know that on like bedside 
communication on a deathbed is really, really important for us to listen <laughs> and like, okay. And I can see Timothy reading this le- letter and saying, okay, I'm listening. And it was kind of in his latter years of his life where he's conveying this intergenerational like conveyance of faith and ministry on to Timothy. And he asked himself in that prison, if I'm not here, who's going to do what I'm doing? And so there's a connection to those four foundations in that. Mm. And like, so he reminds Timothy, like, remember where you came from? Like mm-hmm. he says to him, remember where you came from? He goes on and he he talks about the power of story. He says, like, rekindle, fan that flame, Timothy, that's in you. And he talks about that. He talks about guarding these deposits, like, which I come out with core self. And then he says at the end in like 15 through 17, and we kind of think we probably pass through it because he starts to talk about being in prison and the people who stopped by and gave him a coat or fed him or checked on him. And it's like this last part in, in verses 15 through 17, where he talks about Timothy you, if you don't remember anything else I'm telling you, remember the importance of community in your life, building friendships that when you're not in a good place, they're going to still be with you. Others may leave you, but they'll be with you. So those are the four foundations. Core self, which is um, the power of this inner heart, this inner life. Mm-hmm. Communion is the power of story. In communion phase and foundation, I use an analogy with the um, the table of the Lord, the communion table, and we talk about how, like God, asks us to celebrate the most painful part of 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 Jesus's story. Jesus says, "Celebrate my death." and celebrate my body that was broken and my blood that was shed. And so we often want to negate our past and our story, but we can't in leadership because our story, culture, where I come from, the heart of that, like, for instance, the collective journey is a part of the pain of my past. Mm. And it became my passion. And so we talk, they go through a story map and we talk about the power of their story, where God has taken them calling, like that's kind of self-explanatory. We do a lot of calling and giftings tests there, but they also come out with a vision and value statement, which is really, really important for leaders. I come across a lot of leaders who don't have a vision and value statement. They don't know what drives them. And if you ask me, because I've done the work on that, I'd say I'm a grace downloader and a bridge builder. Those, That's what <laughs> drives me. Like I can look past my whole life and I'm always a grace downloader and I'm also always a bridge builder between the generations. And then the last one is is really close to my heart, the last foundation of community, because as female leaders, we all need community, but women need to be cheering women on and they need men in their lives that are opening up the doors for them um, Mm -hmm. that are inviting them to tables inviting them into rooms where they wouldn't normally get to go so they can learn how to be better leaders and so those are the four foundations of the collective journey are you following avail on social media 
If you answered no, what are you waiting for? You can enjoy encouraging content, get updates on all our latest resources, and connect with leaders just like you, all from the comfort of your couch. There's no better account to visit in between appointments or over morning coffee. If you haven't found us on Instagram and Facebook yet, look up The Art of Avail and click follow. We can't wait to see you there. I love it. So here's a question, uh, Lisa, in the book, if somebody purchases the book, do you actually kind of walk the reader through how to write this, you know, come up with a statement? Is that something you walk them through in the journey? Yes, I do. And I give them examples and we, so the book can be purchased. You can do it on your own, or you can say, I'm just going to grab a couple of friends and we're going to do it together. Uh, Everything you need to go through the collective journey and to go through these four foundations is in the book. And I also have some, we're um, launching online mentoring groups, which are 18 weeks that you can sign up for. Um, And I do a premiere group every year where I invite um, 12 to 15 women, next gen, 40 and under women that I take through six months of mentoring with me in a group. And we do the foundations of the collective journey. So all kinds of ways you can do it. It works. That's good. You know, um, now that you mentioned that specifically, um, when you look at when you look at the the younger leaders today, what's what's something on your heart? Maybe some advice for younger leaders. You know, things today are not how they were. You know, before, but you know, what what has caught your attention? Maybe what what what, what do you notice or see that man? It's so important for young leaders to know this or to understand this about leadership. That's a great question. Um, what I'm noticing most is that I think we're chasing like, uh, which is good, you know, but we're we're wanting to go to big conferences. We're wanting to learn from big name leaders who have been doing it well. And we see the results of how they're doing it. But what happens is that we come back and think that they have a formula. And if we if we preach like them, if we speak like them, if we if we do our foyer from the time they get to the parking lot, if we do all that the way they do it, then we're we're going to be successful. And what I've found in my own life and with the leaders, the next gen leaders that I'm mentoring um, is that I'm encouraging them because I do this. And this is where being a grace downloader is for me because I get up every day and I put my leadership clothes on. I don't put, like, I have heroes of the faith. I have heroes in the ministry. I have heroes in leadership that I look up to, but I can't wear their clothes. They won't fit me. Mm -hmm. And my clothes with the pains of my past have a lot of holes in them. They're dirty in places because yesterday was rough. But I'm putting those clothes on. And I really encourage this next generation when I'm mentoring them, you be you. No one else has your story. And mm-hmm. when you bring that to the table, you you bring this congruency in in heart and outside leadership. We can't just put on this facade that we think, That's what, like, if I look good on the outside and I'm wearing the coolest sneakers and, 
you know, <laughs> all of that stuff, which that's important. I get that. And I love clothes and image and, and all of that, but that can't be what's going to get me there. Right. And it's not longevity. And we see that because we see a lot of those leaders fail because the heart doesn't match the outside of what they're portraying. Uh, so it's really important, I think, for that congruency, for me to be me, yeah, me to bring my experiences to the table, uh, my my life and leadership. And here's what I know. It's like God wants us to be a better version of ourselves. He wants us to flourish. And that looks differently for all of us. But we've all got to find that what it looks like for us. So what's that outfit we wear? That type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think there's power in authenticity and in realness. You know, yeah. as you were saying that, the the image that came to my head was, you know, King Saul trying to put his armor on David to go fight the yeah. battle. And so many times we're trying to be someone that we're not, you know, because mm -hmm. we might feel like we're not enough. And I think there's so much power in that identifying and discovering who am I in Christ? What has God put in me? You know, those giftings, those abilities, and how can I be comfortable in my skin uh, and grow and, and, and develop even, even more. So I love, I love what you're sharing. Um, I want to, I want to steer the conversation. And then I, after this, I really want to share with everybody where they can find the book, where they can connect with you. Yeah. But before we go, get there, Lisa, I want to I want to kind of come back uh, to this. You, you mentioned a phrase to me that caught my attention. We're better together. You know, when we talk about differences and diversity. Now, I do have just a personal intrigue. You know, you pastored along and led with your husband. And yeah. you've been doing that, you know, you've, you've done it for a long time. You're mm -hmm. probably still doing it in different ways. Yeah. How was that dynamic? Because that's also a dynamic leading together. I lead together with my wife. We pastor vertical church together here in South Florida. And uh, there's so much beauty in it and wonderful. And then there's some challenges in it as well. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your experience. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I think it is gr a growing season for you as a husband and wife, as uh, you know, but my husband laughs. He's like, when he met me at Bible college, uh, like I would, I gave him the one too. I was like, are you calling me? Are you going to da da da? Cause I just knew I would be doing ministry. So he knew what he was getting. Uh, but there were times where, um, you know, I wanted to be home with my kids that like, like, and that's the, the sameness and the differences, you know, there's a mm -hmm. role that moms do play and spiritual mothers as well are, different. They're nurturing. They're this, they're that more than a father. And so there were times when I wanted to be home with my kids. We had a balancing act of busy seasons. So he was great. And I'm sure you are as well. But like when it was my busy season, he would come along and do carpools and all of those things. But we both, once the kids got in school, we both were working full time at the church, um, working together um, dreaming big, doing vision, preaching, like bringing our skill sets. And we mm -hmm. are better together. It's funny because a lot of people will say, because um, I'm the more detailed one and my husband's very like dreamer, visionary, and he surrounds himself with people who can get the job done. And I'm one of those people that he surrounds hmm. himself with. That's right. And people will sometimes <laughs> say, you know, you don't want Frank without Lisa. But I'm like, but you don't want Lisa without Frank either. Right. Like, yep. let's just be like, he and I, 
If you knew us when, before we met each other, I'm a much better leader because of his influence in my life. I've taken on his traits. I've become much more of a visionary. He's taught me how to dream. And, And I've taught him nuts and bolts of things. So I think like that's just us as a husband and wife team. But it's also true when we like just like the discussion we started the podcast with. It's true with the tables that we're creating for leadership teams within churches, communities, however that looks, boardrooms, we're better together. Yeah. We're better together. And um, and so that's what we need to know is like serving together is better. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think there's a there's a mutuality and a and a strength that when there isn't diversity at the table, when there isn't yeah. uh, you know, whether it's men and women, multi-generational, um, even a culture, multicultural, you know, all, all of the, all of that diversity, I think not only makes us better, makes us stronger. It, it allows us yeah. to, to reach more and, and connect more. I've seen, you know, I've seen the power of, I've experienced the power of that. And I think it's a, an important encouragement for leaders out there yeah. uh, who, who need this, you know, um, a couple questions for you, Lisa. Just, just kind of t- to get to know Lisa a little bit, a little bit off of the so uh, yeah. official way. Here it is. <laughs> any, any. What do you like to do for fun? Any hobbies? Oh, fun. Well, I'm a barrel of fun. So I actually, um, yeah, hobbies. I mean, I, I love to decorate. I have a creative side to me. So, so <laughs> I've. I like to paint and paint furniture and like a good soul care day for me is this old piece of furniture I found and I take it out on the patio and I just create it and make it something beautiful. <laughs> um, I love to bike ride. We're bikers. And so those are a lot of, and family, anytime I can be with family and I'm a, yeah. That's I love it. it. I love it. Yeah. What, what, what makes you laugh? What, what just makes you laugh? My husband laughing at me makes me laugh. <laughs> he thinks I'm so, he thinks I'm funny and I love it. And I'll say to him when he's laughing at me, I'm like, like he belly laughs. I'm like, you think I'm funny? And he's like, you are hysterical. So when he laughs at me, I start laughing and then we're, we're both done. <laughs> That's good. That's fun. I love those. Okay. Uh, any hidden talent that most people maybe don't know about you? Oh, Yeah. Um, well, I did a lot of acting and drama. So, um, mm. yeah, actually hanging here in my office is a big collage of all my different characters. And uh, I had fun doing that. Um, started in high school and really, yeah, made it a thing. And I'm trying to make room for it right now in my life. I'd like to get involved in a community theater, summer theater, but I just don't have time right now. Yeah, yeah. So. So my kids are convinced that when I get old and in the nursing home, all of my characters are going to come out someday. And <laughs> they're not going to know if they're talking to Rosa or <laughs> who it is. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Here's another question. As you look at the panorama of the world and, and the church and where the Lord has you, what breaks your heart right now? Oh, yeah, this one's easy for me. Um, The political arena breaks my heart, Mm. uh, the way it has um, just really come into the church and saturated the church. 
It's become a religion for us. And Jesus is the savior of my world. I don't know, you know, about anybody else listening, but I'm all for bringing back WWJD bracelets and what would (laughs) Jesus do? And I think we, we're very concerned about what our political party or the bent that we like to Mm -hmm. tie ourselves with is doing. And we should be looking at God's word, especially the words of Jesus and finding out really what we should be doing as a church. And so that has really Mm. been breaking my heart. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And then the last question here um, for those younger leaders, men and women, younger leaders, what piece of advice do you have for young leaders today that maybe you wish you would have had when you were younger or when you, you know, when you were in their season that, that could really help them on their leadership journey as they're beginning or as they're young in their leadership? Uh, find a community. Uh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, be intentional <clears throat> about knowing who your heroes are. Find a mentor, somebody who can mentor you, um, man or woman, because I think, you know, we both can give, um, you know, I have a lot of spiritual sons. I have a son, but I also have spiritual sons that mm. I'm important in their lives. And they listen to me as a mama of the faith to them. So find yeah. these mentors and also find, have a group of people that hold you accountable. That, and then there's a difference, I think, between those people in your inner circle. And but we need a, like Jesus, when he went into Gethsemane, he said to nine of them, you stay here. But Peter, yeah. James, and John, you come a little closer. And I think that's really important for us to have longevity and leadership and health and wholeness and flourish in life and leadership is to have that inner circle that goes with us into our Gethsemanes. And we're not afraid to see, for them to see us cry. Yeah, that's good. That's great advice. Hey, young leader out there, make sure you take down some notes. <laughs> this is great advice from Lisa Potter. Lisa, uh, I'd love for people to know how they can connect with you, where they can find you on social media, website, where they can get the book. Why don't we start off with the book, The Collective Journey? How can they get find that book? Yeah, so The Collective Journey is on Amazon right now for pre-orders and the coming out date is somewhere between March 1st and April 1st when they'll be releasing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's on its way. So you can go to Amazon, look for me, Lisa Potter or the collective journey and it'll pop up and please pre-order that. Um, I really believe that believe in it. And like I said, this isn't what I think this is based on a lot of conversation, a lot of research and the word of God as to what we need. And so that's where they can find it as well as they can go to uh, the collective journey website, which is the collective dash journey.com. The collective dash journey.com. I love it. I love it. Um, How about social media? Are you on social media these days? I am. So you can find me under Lisa Potter I'm on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Yeah, sometimes Twitter, but I mainly just stalk my the Twitter page for good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm typing down. I'm typing down this information. The Collective Journey dash dash the Collective dash, dash Journey. 
Journey.com. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. Make sure you do a pre-order as well, wherever you can find it. I think it's going to be well worth it for you. I think it's a great, great book. If you're not connected with Lisa on social media, make sure you look for her uh, in social media. I know also, Lisa, you you lead the Women Who Lead. Uh, yeah. Where can people find more information about that? So that is PMNWomenWhoLead.com. And when you get there, our ROAR conference is coming up in D.C., yeah, first and second, and you don't want to miss it. Lisa Harper's our keynote, and wow. there's so many fun things happening at this year's Roar Conference. Uh, so they can find all that information at pmnwomenwholead.com. That's it. Look into yeah. that Roar Conference is going to be a good one. Uh, yeah. I want to just mention here before we close off, Lisa, the Avail Journal is one of those resources that leaders can also use to grow in their leadership. Have you found resources and uh, books and things like that to be helpful for you on your leadership journey? Yes. And I love Avail. I love that leadership magazine and books are my thing for sure. Podcast. So signing up to listen to Avail and have it come right to me when it's available. Love, love, love what you guys are doing. Yeah, we appreciate that, Lisa. Hey, if you're watching or maybe listening for the first time to the Veil podcast, there's a great offer. Uh, you can get your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal for a whole year. You can get this for free. It comes out quarterly. It is availjournal.com. Just, just go to availjournal.com. You can check out the free annual subscription. You're going to want it this Avail Leadership Journal is the, one of the best Christian leadership magazines you're going to find out there right now. Great resources, articles from great leaders such as Lisa, and you're going to see amazing books that you can uh, access. We're excited about everything the Lord is doing through Avail. We're excited, Lisa, with everything the Lord is doing through you. Why, why don't we close off with just one last leadership nugget for all the leaders out there? Oh, that sounds great. And can I just say before we close off, it's been a pleasure to be with you, Virgil. You're Thank you, Lisa. you're one of the excellent of the excellent. You are top tier, and I just love what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, Thank so you. one last leadership t- t- uh, nugget. Uh, I think I would leave you with this, kind of like we were talking about culture and knowing who you are. But I think great leaders know where they come from. Mm. and they know where they stand, um, you know, but then they know where they want to go and who they want to take with them. So I think that's what I would leave you with. Know where you come from, know where you stand, but know where you want to go and take others with you on that journey. Um, I think that's a really important part to generational bridge building leadership is passing batons freely, sharing dreams, Get all the people you can on the bus. <laughs> that's really good. Hey, everybody, that's some leadership wisdom, some leadership gold from none other than Lisa Potter. Lisa, this has been awesome. I just want to say on behalf of our Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilburg, everybody who's behind the scenes on Avail, we just want to bless you. Thank God for your life. We honor you for all that you've done and for all that you're doing. And we can't wait to see what God is going to do. Thank you. Same with you. Thank you.
<laughs> hey, everybody. I hope you've been blessed. This has been another great uh, Avail Leadership Podcast with Lisa Potter. Make sure you connect on all those websites we mentioned and make sure to check out her upcoming book, depending on when you listen to this or watch this in 2022, somewhere between March and April, The Collective Journey, An Invitation to Flourish in Life and Leadership. Hey, everybody. We do this every every week. A new episode of the Avail Podcast comes out. So stay connected with us. Check out AvailJournal.com for your free annual subscription. Can't wait to catch you here next time on the Avail Podcast. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast. We hope you've been intrigued by this conversation with Lisa Potter. You can connect with Lisa at thecollective-journey.com and pmnwomenwholead.com and on social media. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com and make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.